0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app
1: to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
2: Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford, credit counselor and educator for ClearPoint Credit Counseling Solutions. And Nancy Lautridge-Anderson is associate professor of finance at Mississippi College and president of New Perspectives. Today we're talking bankruptcy with consumer protection attorney Frank Coxwell. How does it affect your credit, your ability to get a job or rent an apartment, and just how are you supposed to pay the cost of filing? We hope to have those answers for you and answers for your bankruptcy questions. You can give us a call this morning. Uh, the number is one eight seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 or you can send us an email it's money at mpbonline.org so good morning hope everyone is doing well this morning good morning good morning morning Nancy, uh, any financial news in the news?
1: Well, last week uh, there was a big meeting, and uh, I gave a quiz to my students about how investors' all eyes were on this particular city and just to see if they knew that it was Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Uh-huh. And that is the big conference each year for the Federal Reserve, and we were waiting to hear from them what they thought about the economy, when they think they will raise interest rates. And what we heard is that they are looking at the economy and thinking it's it's doing quite Quite well at this point, and we are expecting an interest rate increase probably by the end of the year.
2: So that's a kind of a resort area. Do they always pick such nice places? For they that?
1: always go to Jackson Hole. Okay. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that, right? <laughs> you know, and I, I have to laugh thinking about this conference of very nerdy economists and, you know, Uh, But I am told that they do let their hair down a little bit, you know, when they get out there. But this interest rate increase affects everybody. You know, it affects uh, charges on our credit cards, our car loans, our mortgages. It just ripples throughout the economy. So we pay close attention to that.
2: Uh, bankruptcy is our main focus of discussion this morning, so if you have a question about that, you can give us a call, but also it is Money Talk, so if you have a personal finance issue that you're dealing with, we might, could give you some assistance as well. The phone number is one mpb ring It's one 672 7464 or you can send us an email. It's money at mpbonline.org. Our guest this morning is consumer protection attorney Frank Coxwell. Frank, thanks for joining us again. Thank you. Uh so uh how long have you been uh, involved with uh, with bankruptcy law?
3: About 38 years.
2: Okay. What was it uh, that interested you in that field originally?
3: Well, it was just one of a multiple of areas of practice that I did, but <clears throat> I found that I enjoyed this part of the practice the most and it seemed to benefit my clients the most and people actually thanked me when the bankruptcy was over. You don't get that in criminal practice or domestic relations practice um,
1: is it just because people are so relieved now to um, have some way out of their mess
3: yes definitely
2: so uh, why don't we just start off uh, uh, simply how do you define bankruptcy
3: not being able to pay your debts
2: and so then it's uh, a legal recourse uh, uh, what does bankruptcy going to uh, a bankruptcy proceeding what does it allow the person who owes the money to do
3: To discharge certain types of debts, the debts, there's an injunction against the collection of the debt. So the person doesn't uh, owe the debt anymore, doesn't have to pay it. In that case, the debt is shifted back to the creditor and the the individual filing bankruptcy, we don't have to worry about it anymore. What
2: is the sort of the legal basis, a second chance? Is that basically what bankruptcy is? I mean, do you have any of the theory as to why it was created and is in practice?
3: Well, bankruptcy comes from the Old Testament. And then it's also in our Constitution, giving people the right to file bankruptcy if they need it. Uh, The Bible um, origination said it had to be done every seven years, forgiveness of debt. And it was mainly to ensure the uh, unity of the family, to keep the family from being broken apart because of debt. And that's what we have it today for, is just to maintain the family unit. Because debt tears marriages apart, causes people to lose homes, jobs. And, of course, the government's interest in this is people that that happens to don't pay taxes.
2: Um, so, I imagine, I know from your visits here before, there are different kinds of bankruptcies. Uh, what are the most uh, common ones, the ones that uh, consumers would would come across? Chapter 7 and Chapter 13. All right. Uh, so, let's start with uh, Chapter 7 and uh, tell us about that.
3: That's uh, complete liquidation. All the debts that are eligible to be discharged are wiped out. You don't have to pay them. You can keep whatever you want to keep, house, cars, furniture notes, and you continue to pay the regular note. Nothing changes about the debt you're trying to hold on to. But certain other debts, with the exception of student loans, domestic support obligations, some taxes, taxes can be discharged if they meet certain criteria. Uh, Those debts, in most cases, wouldn't be discharged. But credit cards, medical bills, check cash in places, unsecured debts would be discharged in the Chapter 7.
0: You know, Frank, let me ask you, you know, let's say somebody comes to you and they qualify for a Chapter 7, but let's just say they're two months behind on their house or two months behind on the car compared to being, let's say, current on the house of court. Does that change anything? If they-
3: yeah, you need to be current on everything in the Chapter 7 because you have to sign a reaffirmation agreement, a new promise to pay that particular debt, and most of the Lenders want you current on that particular debt. If you can't get current or you're not current, then you need to do the Chapter 13.
2: So with the Chapter 7, it's almost like a, a, um, a pause, as it were,
3: because, as you said, you have to agree to, at a later date, uh, pay off the debt. Is that correct? If you want to hold on to the property. You don't get anything free in bankruptcy. You need to keep paying the, the monthly note as you agreed from the very beginning. Nothing changes about that.
2: And again, that's the, the the theory. There is at least you're not b- digging a, a deeper and deeper hole, accruing uh, more debt as you work to try to maybe get yourself financially solvent again.
3: Right. The court gives you the fresh start, the the do over, so to speak.
0: Oh yeah, uh, yeah, Frank. And, and let's talk about it just for a second here. I, I know you see a lot of clients, and a lot of clients come in, and there's there's like I want to pay these people, and I know you've heard it you've had that conversation a million times. But honestly, there's just it's just no way they can pay it, and they, there's a lot of people. Well, I'm, I'm upset, I'm embarrassed about this, or and it could be a mix of I think medical debts have really kind of taken a toll on consumers now, uh, but but again, the, the emotional side of it, and kind of in our world in the counseling world, we've seen it how much it really weighs on a person or a family unit, and um, uh, so again, it's um, a lot of consumers they they want to do it, but there's just really not a way to get that relief, except when going through bankruptcy.
2: We've got a caller on the line. Uh, this is Money Talks this morning. We're talking uh, primarily about bankruptcy with our guest, Frank Coxwell, but also we'll take any personal finance questions that you might have for us. Uh, let's begin the show talking to John in Gulfport. Good morning, John.
3: Good morning. Go ahead. Uh,
4: yeah, at my age, I'm 75 years old, and I've got uh, uh, cash money sitting around that's not doing anything. Would it be advisable for me to take out an annuity or just put it in a CD or what?
1: I probably would not put it in an annuity. Um, at 75, and I'm guessing that you're in a reasonable tax bracket, and what an annuity does is protect you uh, from taxes and defers that tax, Uh, You really don't need to do that at this point, probably. And it makes your money very inflexible. Once you put it in there, there are all kinds of rules based on the contract about when you can take money out and how you can take it out. I'm seeing a lot of clients are enticed by annuities because they're being told, oh, you're going to have this. 5% 5% guarantee, that's the usual number I'm hearing right now. But right. that guarantee is not a guarantee of a rate of return, actually. It's just a guarantee of cash flow. And they're going to use your principal at some point to generate that. Um, so you're really better off just to use laddered CDs, use a variety of maturities, And what's going to happen is you'll do what we call riding the yield curve up. So as we're watching these interest rates begin to rise, we just talked about that maybe by the end of the year, then when you have a new one that matures, you'll be able to reinvest at a higher rate. And you keep them very flexible.
4: Okay, I can set my own little annuity up then. You
1: can, exactly. (laughs) That's what you're going to do.
4: Okay, well, thanks, Nancy. Good luck.
2: All right, uh, John. Thanks for your call. Let's uh, take a quick break on Money Talks. Uh, we're visiting today with our guest, uh, Consumer Protection Attorney Frank Coxwell. He's helping us understand more about bankruptcy. Chris and Nancy are here, though. If you have a personal finance question uh, that you need some help with, the number to call to join our conversation this morning is one eight seven seven MPB Ring. It's one eight seven seven. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more Money Talks after this. for MPB comes from Cable One Business featuring business internet and phone bundles with speed that 50,000 businesses across the country use to power their daily operations more at business.cableone.net Welcome back. This to is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell with Chris Burford, credit counselor and educator for ClearPoint Credit Counseling Solutions, and Nancy Lotter janderson associate professor of finance at Mississippi College and president of New Perspectives. We're visiting today with consumer protection attorney Frank Coxwell. He's helping us understand more about bankruptcy. So if you have a bankruptcy-related question, give us a call. Also, Chris and Nancy are here uh, to help with those general personal finance questions. We've got some open phone lines at 1-877-MPB-RING. It's one 672 Let's go to Pascagoula on our next call. Cynthia is on the line. Good morning, Cynthia.
4: Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure, go ahead. My question has to do with my daughter, who is recently divorced. Part of the divorce agreement was that they would file bankruptcy. I don't know what it's called, but it was the kind where you make continue to make payments on it, and then after so many years, the debt goes away, and their their credit remains stable. What my daughter didn't know is that in the agreement, the ex-husband was going to pay this off in lieu of other things, and three months before it was due to be discharged, he stopped making payments. It all went back. So they lost all that time after all that work to... Keep their credit and keep things going that's where she's at but over she's holding a lot of student loan debt over her head and she has a disease that has come back in spades and i'm really frightened for her because i don't know if there's anything that she can do to get some kind of relief um from her school loan
3: frank any thoughts Yes. If she gets on Social Security Disability, there's a student loan forgiveness, a disability forgiveness. If she's on disability for three years, they'll forgive the loans, and they won't try to collect them during the three years that they're waiting to see if the disability continues.
1: But that's, that's unusual, right, Frank? Because uh, normally student loans are not forgiven in bankruptcy. Right.
3: This is a very special exception to student loans.
4: Now she' she's- she's just in the middle of having a moya moya regenerate and it's a, it's a neurological disease and it caused stroke she's still a young woman, and I just don't want to see the rest of her life go into trying to undo the damage credit wise that was done from neglect um and she had no control over really. She, you know, they she didn't get a statement. She had no idea that he stopped making payments when he did. And and now she's got this health issue.
1: And um, Well this is this is interesting because for me I did not realize this, Frank. Uh and so what you're gonna have to do with her is first go through the process to see if you can get her qualified for a disability under Social Security. And that really is the key in this situation to give her some relief. Otherwise, you know, for most cases, when it comes to student loans, you're stuck.
2: All right, uh, Cynthia, thanks for the call. Hope that was of some assistance to you. Let's uh, go next. Uh, Emily has called in this morning. Good morning, Emily. Good morning. Go ahead.
5: I have a question about annuities. Um, You touched on it just a second ago. Um, A couple of years ago, my mom was approached Um, by an investor to uh, invest in an annuity and they did just what you said. They promised her a rate of return of 7% that seemed hard to believe. Um, I wonder if you could explain exactly what that might mean.
1: Well first of all she wasn't approached by an investor, she was approached probably by an insurance agent or a broker. And um, these products that are being offered now are enticing people because they're looking at what they're getting at the bank and saying, gosh, those rates on CDs are so low. So there is this promise of a guaranteed um, return, but it's a return that includes your principal. And the way they do it is by locking in your money for an extended period of time. Also, those returns, and most of the time right now it's 5%. Earlier they were, say, at 7%. I've seen 6%. Those are usually done with a rider, an extra thing you put on the policy. And you pay for that extra thing on the policy, which is really interesting. So they have very high expenses. You pay extra for the rider. So we're seeing people paying 2% to get a 5% return of Uh, Both interest and principal is the way it works along the way. And if you tap into that at a higher rate before a certain period of time, all bets are off. So you lose that guarantee. So they can do this, uh, again, by locking in your money. They'll send you a statement that shows that money going up by that percentage, but it's really just all pulled in with everybody else. It's not money you can access, so it's, you know, it's not really real. Um, so um, for most people, it's better off for you just to uh, structure your own CDs or invest in something else.
2: All right, Emily, appreciate your call. This is uh, Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, visiting today with Consumer Protection Attorney Frank Coxwell. We're learning more about bankruptcy, but also taking general personal finance questions as we do each Tuesday. We've got some open phone lines at one mpb ring It's one 672 You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So, Frank, I guess some people might have an idea of bankruptcy kind of being like a get-out-of-jail-free card, that once you do it, you're kind of released from all obligations. But, I mean, I guess sort of based following up on a couple of things that Cynthia mentioned in her call, uh, first, the idea is, is it true that if you're going along fine and for whatever reason you default on any obligations you have or something, you miss a payment? you sort of lose all the goodwill, the credit that you built up?
3: Well, your credit's going to take a hit when you file bankruptcy, whether it's Chapter 7 or Chapter 13. And when you're in Chapter 13, you're not allowed to get new credit because the court doesn't want anything interfering with the payments that you're going to make. Chapter 13 allows you to make monthly payments on the debts you want to hold on to if you can't catch up the house or you're behind on the car. We would stretch that debt out over a 60 month period and let you pay it that way, which would lower the payments for you and allow you to to keep it. And in most cases, we still get rid of the credit cards, medical bills, things like that. So those are gone. But your credit, you're not going to be allowed to get new credit in a Chapter 13. Now, in a Chapter 7, if you do the the work behind it, you can generally have your credit back in the six or 700s within a year or two. But you can't do that by sitting around, doing nothing, you know, waiting for the credit fairy to fix it. It, it takes work. Uh, the other thing that was interesting, again, uh,
2: it, it sounded like this was a joint filing. Uh, but uh, so if that's the case, uh, obviously, it's important that both spouses keep uh, aware of what's going on so that, you know, in her case, she said her daughter, the husband, suddenly stopped paying and the daughter was unaware. So, But, I mean, again, this is not something okay we did it hooray you you need to follow up
3: on this and 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 make sure you know what's going on right and and she the daughter could file again she could file another chapter 13 or a chapter seven depending on which one suited her best at this time
1: but she's got that problem with the student loans so right. it's only going to be through one of these exceptions right that she can get rid of those
3: well the chapter 13 will allow her to put this Student loans aside, you don't have to pay anything on a student loan in the bankruptcy, or you can decide what the monthly payment w- would be.
1: But that's a defined period, is that right? For the sixty months, right? Okay. You know,
0: in a thirteen, talking about that. I just want to get a clarification on this. Somebody, somebody's paying in a thirteen, but they had an older car, it's twenty years old. And they, you know, kept the car and it's only worth five hundred dollars. But something happens; they got to go get another car. Can they come back to the court and say, look? I can get a car, I want to buy a car in finance. Can something like that happen or are they just kind of like, they just got to pay cash and deal with it?
3: Yeah, I should have qualified that. You can't get new credit in a Chapter 13 without permission from the court. They want to know what you're doing and why and how you're going to pay okay. for it without you know messing up the, the bankruptcy payments.
0: But they're real picky about that, aren't they?
3: Yeah, because if you've got extra money to get this car, then you probably should be paying some credit cards and medical bills. This
2: is Money Talks. We've got some open phone lines. If you have questions about bankruptcy or general personal finance questions, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 Send an email to money at org. So, Frank, if someone were to come and you were looking for uh, assistance about bankruptcy, I guess that first decision is... You know how how far behind are you? What are what what are you caught up on? And then to try to decide either chapter seven or chapter thirteen. Although I think I've heard you say it before in the past, bankruptcy is certainly kind of a last ditch option. There are other ways that maybe you could try to work out of debt problems uh, before resulting uh, to bankruptcy.
3: We have other options, <clears throat> excuse me. But the hardest thing I have to do is to get people to come and see me early. You know, if you come in the day before the foreclosure that there's not a lot I can do, but most people put off coming to see me until the very last minute. You know, they, they take all the money out of the retirement account, spend that, they take their children's college money and spend it trying to pay credit cards and trying to get ahead. And the court doesn't want you to do that. The government doesn't want you to, to deplete those in assets that you have. You know, you're allowed to keep stuff like that.
1: So what are you allowed to keep?
3: Well Mississippi has a certain amount of exemption set aside you seventy five thousand in your house is equity in your house is protected
1: now uh, could clarify that that doesn't mean a seventy five thousand dollar house right?
3: yes, if that's all it costs
1: but when you say seventy five thousand of equity, does that mean if I have a two hundred thousand dollar house and I have seventy five thousand of equity, I can keep it
3: right. But if it's a $200,000 house and it's paid for, you're probably going to lose it.
1: Oh, that's really interesting. So that means you really shouldn't pay off that house.
3: Well, not right away. <laughs> not right before filing bankruptcy. Well, Certainly if, not. if you're
1: facing bankruptcy, and, see, and I hear that from people. They'll yeah. say, I'm, I'm in trouble with all this other debt, so I'm going to take this money and pay off the house to give myself some relief. Well, if, if you think bankruptcy is on the horizon, then that's not a good option then.
3: That's correct. Or paying the cars off, you get $10,000 worth of personal property. You get to keep clothing, furniture, jewelry, automobiles, guns. And we value the stuff at a secondhand store or yard sale because that's what it's really worth. And so very few people use more than their $10,000 worth of exemptions. But if you go pay off your $20,000 car, that eats up your whole 10000 right there and some. Right. And it's going to be yeah. a problem.
0: And, and I'm I'm playing this out. And, and I know i right, And I paid off this car, is titled in my name, and I and I transferred it over to my child's name.
3: No, you're probably going to go to jail. Okay, that. <laughs> that's, what I, and that's what.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, I think you've got to go back and do research and ask questions and, and so point. Of, if some things about people moving money around here and there, that then it can be problems.
3: For some reason, people think that they need to put everything in their brother-in-law's name right before they file bankruptcy. And, and that's you can sell whatever you want as long as you get reasonable value for it. But when you start giving stuff away right before bankruptcy, that's what you go to jail for.
1: Okay, in Mississippi, you get seventy five thousand of equity in your home. You get to keep ten thousand of personal assets. Correct. Uh, what about the retirement accounts?
3: Those are fully protected regardless of the amount. Tax returns are protected up to five thousand dollars. Uh, for your refund and $5,000 earned income and $5,000 from the state. Of course, nobody gets that kind of money from the state. <clears throat> and then um, other, there are certain other non-bankruptcy exemptions and certain federal exemptions you're entitled to. That's what's so important about seeing a bankruptcy lawyer while you're thinking about this, because you could end up losing the very things you want to protect.
0: All right, and real quickly, Nancy gave a great scenario. If I had a house, it was, it was worth one hundred fifty thousand, only owed fifty on it, but there's a hundred thousand dollars worth of equity. What has to happen? Well, I want to file bankruptcy. Let's say I qualify, but what happens to that piece of property? What, what do you have to do?
3: Well, it's probably not worth what you think it's worth. The real cost, you know, because the real value is what someone willing to give you for the house right now. So you think it's worth one hundred and fifty, but <clears throat> try to sell it, you might only get one twenty for it. So then
1: the then, you're, then you're within that 75000 limit.
3: Well, you're close enough to it that but the bankruptcy assume, trustee...
1: Let's assume you're over that. Because uh, we did have the case uh, in Florida many years ago with a WorldCom uh, CFO who built the big house in Florida. So he was protected with that big house. Here in Mississippi, that's not allowed.
3: Florida has unlimited homestead exemptions, So a million-dollar house, completely protected. In Mississippi, if you have your house titled as uh, tenants by the entirety, which is a special title set up for married couples to own real property, then it's fully protected. It doesn't even enter into the bankruptcy regardless of the value. But very few closing attorneys put married couples in that kind of deed uh, when, I mean, that's their job. That's what you go to see them for. And that's what the tenants by the entirety is. Yeah, the point. joint
0: tenants with rights of survivorship or something like that. So, yeah.
3: Well, tenants by the entirety, and then it automatically includes the rights of survivorship. Yeah. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, uh,
2: Maggie's on the line from Jackson with a call, and we've got some open phone lines if you have a question about bankruptcy or personal finance this morning. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672 send us an email money at mpbonline.org more money talks after this
0: The new
1: MPB Public Media app is available now. Watch MPB TV, listen to MPB Think and Music Radio, and stay in the know with MPB News. Search for the MPB Public Media app in the App Store and Google Play stores today.
2: Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford and Nancy Lotridge-Anderson. We're visiting today with consumer protection attorney Frank Coxwell, learning more about bankruptcy. We've got some open phone lines if you have a bankruptcy question or a personal finance question at 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can email the show. It's money at mpbonline.org. Got a caller from Jackson. Maggie is on the line with a question for us. Hello, Maggie.
5: I um, I was just wondering about student loans. Um, My husband and I have been paying off my student loans for what seems like forever,
1: and um,
5: we've tried, you know, some of the places that do lower interest rates, and none of that seems to work. And so he just brought up the possibility of instead of being in debt, um, put the money that we were um, putting away in like our IRAs each year, put that towards the student loan so that we're out of debt and then start back on retirement. And that kind of scares me a little bit, but I also don't like being in debt. So I just was wondering what y'all thought about that. Is it better to get out of debt or?
1: Well, I I, I usually tell people to split the difference. And uh, that means keep putting some in retirement, but maybe you put less while you're trying okay. to pay down those loans and try to do both at the same time. Because you're right. You're going to be losing out on so much, so much time and compound interest if you don't put something in retirement right now. You're going to have to spend so much time and effort to make up for it later on. The other thing I would tell you is to look online to see if there's a possibility to get set up in an income-based repayment plan Um, that is available for some student loans where you it it is based on 10% of your income. That 10% grows as your income grows, of course, because it is a percentage. But it is one way to do it, and there's a limit to the number of years that you have to pay down. So that's one of the things that have been um, enacted to allow some relief on these student loans. And we are hearing other proposals out there on the campaign trail right now.
5: I'd like it if they just
1: got rid of them. That'd be nice. <laughs> well, I, I know. I know. But, um, and, and I always tell students, and, and Chris and I both say the same thing. Uh, student loan is not a bad thing if it's an investment in an education that will produce an income greater than what you could do on your own. And so you just have to be careful about incurring those loans, making sure the degree has value, the institution awarding the degree has value, and that you're going to be able to have a job that will allow you to live and pay off the loans.
5: Right. And then if I could ask just another one, um, sometimes um, around Christmas time we come into some money. um, And last time we saved it to pay off, hospital bills from when i had my son um and my dad was saying no, no no no, don't pay the hospital bills pay off your student loans with that money you can negotiate with the hospital does it matter which debt are they all kind of seen as the same with your credit uh,
1: well it, it, um we used to see more forgiveness on the medical side but that's not been the case lately has it chris no
0: they're they're wanting that uh, if it's if you owe a thousand dollars they're going to want the thousand and um you know maybe sometimes you can but but it's just changing so much that it's getting probably a little bit harder to collect on the money and and they quickly are moving it to collection agencies uh instead of letting you pay it out over three years they're kind of well you got about a year to pay it out and then they'll flip it to a collection agency so um um i don't know um you know it's it's something you can ask questions about and always propose if you've got a medical bill maybe settle it or negotiate but Most of them are kind of wanting full price on the front end.
1: But I will say, I mean, student loans, that's the tough nut around here because um, they usually are not discharged in bankruptcy. So, you know, if you're left with that choice, then it's better to pay down on that versus the other. Um, It's still going to hurt your credit. They're still going to be calling on the medical side. Um, Yeah. I mean, we'll still pay both of
5: them. We're not trying to get out of either. Okay. Which one to pay off. You know, like if we get a chunk of $30,000, is it better to put that whole chunk towards student loans versus, you know, paying off the medical bill in full immediately?
1: Well, uh, right now I'm going to tell you to probably, again, split the difference because, yes. and the reason I'm going to say this is is because I think this has become such a huge issue and we're talking about changing our policy regarding these student loans so there may be some relief on the horizon for you so i would hate for you to dump all of that in right now
2: all right maggie we appreciate your call let's uh, move on next Uh, robert has called in from meridian today good morning robert
4: good morning folks how you doing
2: good go ahead Um,
4: a a manufacturer hypothetically a manufacturer of windows for uh, big construction 10,000 windows has a contract with a contractor and uh, with all of the contracts signed, he, he's insured and so on and so forth. The the contractor, the builder, declares bankruptcy. All right, uh, what happens to
3: the all of the suppliers all the way down the line? Uh, is there some protection against someone else's bankruptcy? Yes, <clears throat> all the the vendors and the workmen that have worked on the property can file a lien on the property. Um, a materialman's lien, so that they will get paid. They would not be able to collect from the contractor, but they would still be able to collect from the ultimate owner of the property. I
4: see. I see. Hello?
1: What what if there's no property? So this brings up you're doing business with somebody, and that business person declares bankruptcy. They go out of business. Um, if there's nothing for you to get, are you just sunk? Yeah, but services,
3: you know, where mm-hmm. there's nothing, you're just—they're doing some sort of service for you, then you're just out of luck. I mean, that's that's bankruptcy;
1: it wipes out the debt, and um, so that ripples down to people who've just been trying to, you know, take care of their own business.
0: Yes, yeah. Now, what if it'd been a product or something? Like I said, some iron tables—I made a hundred iron tables for somebody, and they owed me thirty thousand. Next thing you know, they're—you know—the tables are sitting in inventory. But they file bankruptcy. I mean, I'd come in and get a claim to get my product back or what would I? You know? Well, if it's a chapter,
3: yeah, you could get the tables
0: back. Right. Right.
3: Yeah, because you still have
0: a lien on the tables mm-hmm. and money's
3: still owed on them. So you could get your tables back. Robert, we appreciate your call.
2: This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Time for one last break this hour. When we get back to wrap up the show, we'll have more with our guest, uh, consumer protection attorney Frank Coxwell, about bankruptcy. Also, if you have a personal finance question, we have some open phone lines. The number to call is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Back to wrap up the program after this. Welcome back to uh, Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford and Nancy Lotford anderson visiting this morning with the consumer protection attorney, Frank Coxwell. We've been talking about bankruptcy and also taking some personal finance questions. Still some time to work in a question if you have one. The phone lines are open at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can also email the show money at mpbonline.org. So, Frank, uh, say that uh, you know we've got someone who has decided uh, they need to file for bankruptcy, have gone to an attorney, decided uh, Chapter 7 or Chapter 13, whichever one works best for them. What What's the next step? How does the bankruptcy kind of procedure begin and, and progress?
3: Well, once the attorney collected the documents from the individual, they would prepare all the, the bankruptcy papers, and there's a lot of them. The individual would come back, go over the papers with the lawyer, sign the papers. The papers would be filed with the court. That sets the protection in motion once the papers are filed. Then there's a hearing held about 30 days after the filing date. And if it's at Chapter 7, the case is over about 90 days after that. Chapter 13, of course, after you meet with your hearing, at that point it's all about making the payments to the court or the trustee for the next 60 months.
0: Question, a lot of people are thinking, and I've heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of people think, well, if I file bankruptcy, oh, I've got to go to court. I got to go in front of a judge and people. Oh, I've got to see all my creditors, and I'm I'm upset. I'm embarrassed about going out here. I don't want to, you know. I have to do all this. Is that true or not?
3: Not, not to that extent. The bankruptcy court, the 341 meetings is what the meeting is called. They do six meetings every half hour, four days a week. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. Uh, it's about a five minute hearing. All the questions are answered in the papers, but they're required to put you under oath, check your identification, and ask you the questions out loud under oath and record your answers. And that's what the main hearing is for.
1: Frank, we were um, talking before we came on the air, and I was really surprised when you quoted some statistics about bankruptcy. Would you repeat that? Well, bankruptcy
3: filings are down across the country nationwide, but they're consistent and high in the south. All the southern states have not experienced a drop in bankruptcy filings.
1: And what do you attribute that to?
3: Well, as we were talking, just basically the lower income that people have, the lower standard uh, that we have here of of what people make at their jobs. Uh, gas prices are fixed regardless of where you're at. Now, they're higher in some places, but those are pretty much fixed. Food is fixed, so... Um, if you make less money, you have less money to spend, and
1: so we're just a poorer state. Yes, um, we don't have the opportunities, and so we're still seeing that same level.
3: Yes, and I, and I hate that. I love Mississippi. I love living here, but uh, that's the, rea- the reality.
0: Are you seeing overall less credit card debt coming through, or you know, uh, let's say estimated? Is it like the average credit card debt might be fifteen thousand in bankruptcy? You know, ten years ago, is it less now, or about the same?
3: For most people I'm seeing, it's medical okay. debt. Medical debt's causing the problem. Hours cut or, of course, with every divorce, there's a bank, usually a bankruptcy attached to it too, but, but it's mostly medical debt.
1: Um, I want to go back because you did say retirement accounts are protected. And we've had a couple of questions about annuities. What about annuities that are not retirement accounts?
3: They wouldn't be protected. Okay. If you require the money to live on, if it's necessary for the support of your family, it would be protected.
2: We've got another caller on the line, so we say good morning to John in Tupelo. Hello, John.
0: Hello. Uh, yes, I have some health problems. I'm 72. I uh, have a son living with me in the house. and I'm a, If I had to go into a nursing home, would I lose the house eventually? Would he lose it? <laughs> do I need to put it in his name for seven years like I know it used to be the law?
3: No, don't do that. If... Y- if you have to go in the nursing home, it's still your homestead. You still get the protection, even though you're out of the house, because you're out of the house not by choice. Um, the at seventy, you get an extra fifty thousand dollars of exemption protection.
1: But what he may be talking about is to qualify for Medicaid in a nursing home, and if you have um, a couple a married couple, and one goes to the nursing home, then that homestead is still protected because you have that one person living there. I don't know if that's the same case if we're talking about somebody who's not a spouse, if it's a child or another family member. um, You may have to show some dependence there in order for that not to be attached. And if you're talking about Medicare... Is that what you're speaking about?
3: uh,
4: Yes. He's not a dependent, so you know, my income tax at all. So, But, you know, I've got a will to to
3: to keep the house. Now, we have a special deed in Mississippi called a life estate where you can go ahead and deed the house to him, but you retain the right to live there for the rest of your life. But I'm not sure whether that would
1: um, because that's, help you that's with a Medicare. Hu- you know, that's not uh, bankruptcy, that's Medicaid, uh, mm-hmm. which would cover nursing home after a certain point. It's for lower-income people.
2: All right, uh, John, hopefully uh, that gave you some information that's useful. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. So, Frank, what what sort of documentation uh, is required when you begin the bankruptcy process?
3: Past two years, tax returns, uh, income, proof of income for the past six months, and then, of course, all the debts. And so
2: so in Chapter 13, then, you're, um, you're finding out which of your debts will be written off, but also then you're formulating kind of that pay, payback plan as well. Is that right?
3: Right. For vehicles, if you've owned the car for more than two and a half years, you only have to pay the value of the vehicle in the Chapter 13, which could cut the note considerably. And then we stretch it out for another 60 months, which drops the note even more, Personal property that's over one year old or you've had the debt for more than one year is the same way. Only has only the value of the property has to be paid.
2: And I think you mentioned a trustee. So you actually, when you're in the bankruptcy proceedings, you're paying money to the court and then the court is making sure that it gets to the proper creditors?
3: The trustee does that. I'm, you okay. pay money to the trustee. He divides the money among everyone that's going to get paid in the Chapter 13.
2: And who is the, where does the trustee come from?
3: Well, they're appointed by the United States trustee. We have two here in Jackson, two Chapter 13 trustees. And so they were, the court appoints and the computer decides which one you're going to get. You don't have any choice about it.
2: Um, what about uh, if your spouse has personal property uh, or, or their credit? Is it affected by bankruptcy if it's not a joint filing s- no. a situation?
3: They're not filing in the bankruptcy. Now, we need their financial information because the court wants to know how much the total financial picture, how much money is coming into the house. But the bankruptcy wouldn't affect a spouse if they didn't file. Um, We've
2: got a couple of minutes left. Um, So start to finish um, with
3: Chapter 7, you said about
2: 90 days? Uh, No,
3: it it generally runs about five months on average from start to finish, but the the individual's participation is over after that first meeting 30 days after we filed.
1: Can you give us just a quick snapshot of the difference? I'm not clear on the difference between 7 and 13.
3: Both bankruptcies will get rid of all the unsecured debt.
1: Credit cards.
3: Medical bills. Yeah. Check cash in places. Stuff like that. Some taxes. Uh, but the difference in the two is how they treat the stuff you want to hold on to. The Chapter 7. Your current, you keep the stuff, it passes right through the bankruptcy, you continue to pay for it. So you've got to
1: have that house note current before you step into that one.
3: Correct. The Chapter 13 helps you catch up the house note by spreading those back notes out over a 60-month period. you got to start back paying the regular notes. Then we take the car, whether you're current on it or not, spread the remaining amount of the debt or the value of the car over the 60 months.
0: Now, a lot of this is you've got to qualify, Right. Right. There's a test we, uh,
3: called the means test we have to put you through. Let's see if we can't work this one last call in before the end of the
2: hour. James and Jackson. Go ahead, please.
3: Frank, how are you today? Excellent. Uh, Ms. Frank, is it true in your opinion that most people wait too late to file bankruptcy? Absolutely. They just wait too late. I'm the last person they want to see. And I really should be the first person once you start having financial trouble just to get the information. You don't necessarily have to file right then, but get the information, find out what bankruptcy will do for you. You know, If you have some non-exempt property, property you would lose, if you get in early enough, you're better off selling it and getting the money to benefit your family rather than letting the court take that property. All right, James, So uh, thanks for
2: that uh, question. Uh, just about 30 seconds left. Um, Frank, if you could, maybe
3: uh, some contact information if uh, people were interested in a follow-up. You can reach me at my office at 601-948-4450.
2: All right. Very good. Uh, That's going to wrap us up today. Just a reminder, uh, Sam, our producer, we have um, our Social Security guy, Sean Mercer, coming up soon. Do we have details on that yet? Uh, yeah, I think it's the 13th. I'm not exactly sure. You caught me a little flat-footed here, Kevin, so I'll check uh, I'll check on that. And we'll uh, we'll make sure we get that posted somewhere. All right. In the coming months, so that's always a popular show. Uh has some great information, and it's always busy that day, so that's something to look forward to on Money Talks, which is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in generous uh, support by you, our listeners. If you need to hear today's show or previous show, you can find it at mpbonline.org slash moneytalks or... Uh, you can subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. You need to search for MPB Money Talks uh, to find the podcast. Our show is produced today by Sam Wells, and our call screener was Jonas Adams. So for Nancy Lottridge-Anderson, Chris Burford, and our guest, Frank Coxwell, I'm Kevin Farrell. Inviting you to stay tuned. Up next, it, it's an, in legal terms. That's followed by Relatively Speaking at 11. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.